In the cynical podcasting world, listeners' trivial problems are considered especially heinous. In the UK, the dedicated detectives who investigate these ridiculous queries are members of an elite squad known as A Problem Squared. These are their stories. Your hosts are the sceptical coffee addict detective Matt Parker, who's always just one day away from retirement, and I'm his wisecracking partner with a heart of gold, Officer Beck Hill, who, in a plot twist, turns out to be the biggest problem to solve. <laughs> Did you download Law and Order? SVU, SVU, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. reword it, and then yes, uh, yes, I did. Good problem. Wow, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Uh, you know what? You bring it up. I am one day away from retirement, but every every time I think I'm out, pull you right pull back me in. Right back in. Yeah, I'm always late because there's just one more thing. <laughs> wow. Special problems unit. I think we're. Uh, I think that would be a. Uh, I think that should be our new name. Special problems unit. Yeah, SPU. Love it. Dun, dun. And for any new listeners, that's not normally the intro. I just thought I'd have a little bit of fun. Matt, how are you? I'm good. I'm very excited. So am I. You're back. I'm back. That's good too. Yes, back in yes. the UK. We are good. in person. We are both in the same office at the same time, which yep. is very exciting. Lauren was going to be here. Not but... joined by producer Lauren. No, she's. we've got her on a screen. Because she's in a house full, full of COVID. So yep. she's staying a long way away. Yeah, which we appreciate, but we miss you, Lauren. Currently, one in 60 people in the UK have COVID. Oof. That's a lot. More teaspoons, I bet. Oh, there's a lot of bet. We shouldn't redo the calculation. Yeah, but we're not going to. Nah. <laughs> nah, it's been done. It's been done. It's been done twice. Twice. So, yeah, no, I'm particularly happy because, and I was obviously going to chat about being in Australia and coming back and all that jazz, but everything changed this morning. When I saw breaking maths news, ooh, we have we by we I mean humankind uh-huh. have now calculated pi to one hundred trillion digits. That's a lot. It's a lot. It was done by a Google developer, Emma Haruka Awao, who actually previously held the record for oh. most digits of pi calculated. You, I don't know if you remember, because you were at the recording of my um. Humble Pie stand-up special. Yes. Which I'm uh, very pleased. That's all done in the can. Yeah. Being edited as we speak. Excellent. When I originally wrote the show, there's a joke at the beginning about Emma calculating the record number of digits of pie. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then I think I put a clarification in the show. Were you like... That someone else has since beaten that record, but I'm refusing to update the show. Yeah. Since the recording, she's got the record back. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So she, she's held it before, then someone else took it. Yeah. She didn't just beat her own record. No, no, no. So yeah. she she got to 31 trillion digits. Mm-hmm. It was actually pi times 10 trillion digits. So it was like 31 digits, 400. Right, nice. And 15 million, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else then increased it to 50 trillion, mm-hmm. which was just like a guy in a garage. Yeah. And then, but what what Emma did that was impressive was it was cloud computing. It wasn't just like a big computer in a room. Mm. It was very clever coding on on a a, um, cloud computing that that Google have. Someone else got it to fifty. Someone else then got it to sixty-two. Yeah, they got. It feels like I'm watching an eBay like (laughs) bidding war. Yeah, and just and now Emma's got it back at one hundred trillion digits of pi. Wow. So there you are. That's amazing. It is incredible. Well done, Emma. Phenomenal effort. 
Are you going to put a little uh, thing in your edited uh, show that says, by the time this was released? Yeah. Oh my, the thing is, I said I wasn't going to update anything. And then despite myself, I pointed out that. Yeah. I think it was just an example of what I'm not going to be updating. Yeah. But I know if I put a thing in, because I think I'm going to release the special in like September. Mm-hmm. Someone else will just it'll yeah, change yeah, again. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's con like, yeah. It's definitely given how fast it's being broken and mm. how small the increases are, it's going to be broken again. Yeah, I don't know what the next number would be. It probably, I, I, it'll probably break by the time this episode comes out. Oh, potentially. <laughs> if anyone, anyone, if you want to, if you want to make my life difficult, beat the pie calculation record again before September. Yeah, because then I can't put a clarification in my show. That it's back. So anyway, so there you are. I'm very excited about 100 trillion digits of pi. 515 terabytes Ooh. of storage. Oh my goodness. They started the calculation on the 14th of October. Last year. Last year. It didn't finish until the 21st of March this year. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Why did it only just get announced now? 157 days, 23 hours, 31 minutes, 7.651 seconds. They probably had to check and verify. I suspect they're oh, verifying. checking it. Ugh. Did they say how they... They used the Chugnovsky algorithm. Big fan. Okay, I, what does that mean? Uh, it's a it's an equation for pi, which is optimized for running on computers. Mm-hmm. I did do work it out by hand one time. I got 14 digits. I was very proud of that. Yeah. Um, but it's not optimized for doing by hand. That's... No. It's 14. Not, that's not many. 14. It's, it's not quite 100 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So anyway, Emma's written up everything she did and she's put it all together so you can read all the technical details and the results and how they how they did it all. And we'll link to that in the show notes. I'm very excited. But anyway, cool. how are you doing? I'm great. You're great? I'm great. I don't have any no breaking news. Oh. We had the art exhibition that the 5,000 pound t-shirt the 5K was in. 5K t-shirt. The 5K TS. Oh my goodness. Uh, it did not sell. Oh. No, which is a shame. I didn't think it would. What was the list price for? <laughs> Five thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that was the minimum. That was the minimum bid that you could do. Wait. So, uh. and I had a big uh, in the art exhibition as well. I I did a big neon sign where it's been like cut out and someone's like just written on it in big marker. And it was like only five thousand pounds for new listeners to the podcast. This was a T-shirt that Beck made a while ago. Yes, in lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the first lockdown where I used the same technique that the million dollar homepage used yep. back in the early 2000s, I oh think goodness, it was. Yeah. But you didn't sell individual pixels, you were selling blocks. I was selling 3.5 centimeter blocks. And people paid for those. Yes. And yeah. so that's where the 5,000 pounds so came from. we split the t-shirt into a grid of 500 squares. People could sponsor the squares for people 10 pounds did. each. We raised 5,000 pounds for WaterAid. But then you want to double dip and sell the T-shirt for a subsequent £5,000. Yeah, because then it would be the £10,000 T-shirt and WaterAid would have £10,000. Tell you what, just like the week before the art exhibition, right? Maradona, the footballer, their sh- shirt yeah. that they were wearing when the Hand of God incident happened. Oh my happened. goodness, when they hit the football with their hands. Yeah, and I think it went in the People goal. People got very emotional or it didn't go in the goal, I forget. Yeah, I'm not a football slash soccer person. Yeah. That shirt it was, was a big sold moment. in auction and it fetched 7.1 million pounds. Right. Mm. 
Well, that, no, so that's, I thought five thousand pounds is actually quite, that's quite reasonable. reasonable. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like yeah. point less than point one percent. Yeah. I mean, it's been on television. It was on Jonathan Ross's comedy club. There you go. Yeah. People got their money's worth. Ten pounds a square. It was on TV. Yeah. Time TV, and it was in the art exhibition. Yeah, and I did all of the art by hand. There you go. Yeah. They're going to regret it when I'm a famous artist, which is usually after they die normally. And then everyone then we'll, will be buying up all my stuff. And, and then, we'll, then they'll be then like, we'll oh my gosh. And off. it will sell for more than 7.1 million pounds. Yeah, that's that. And everyone will be like, oh, I could have got that for five grand. Now. Yeah. yeah. But I guess that's more money for Water Aid. So. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Swings and roundabouts. A lot of our listeners sponsored it. Yep. So if you are one of those people, or even if you're not, uh, Water Aid are looking at seeing if they can create a design based off the back and the front to make into a tea towel. Mm. So if anyone wants a tea towel, a with, tea towel that has their little square on it, they might be able to do that and raise yeah, money for selling them. You're people, selling it twice back to people. They pay for a square. They, they don't pay, have to they buy pay, it. They can, they can. Yeah. You can just give money to Water Aid I without that. I think I that. will. I think, yeah, if anything, don't create more material stuff. <laughs> Just go give yeah, money to charity. Why am I going nah, to get the effort for everyone? Um, yeah, so that was that was, uh, that was was it. There was the art exhibition. That I had some other stuff in it. I was very nervous about doing it. Oh. Because it's for this documentary that has been slowly filming over the last few years about oh comedians who do art. Right. And I was super nervous because it was like Vic Reeves, Simon Munnery and Spencer Jones, like all these people I really look up to and... And, um, and you. <laughs> and me. And I felt a bit like, ugh. But actually, I'll tell you what, once you put something on a white plinth, it looks like art. Give oh, it a yeah. little label. Yeah. Ah, That's I sold this. three pieces. Wow. I sold I sold a friendship bracelet that I had made that said, is this art? <laughs> Which I thought was, that sold for 30 quid, I think. Wow. Some paper mache hands around a pot with some dead time in it because it was uh, too much time for your hands. But There you go. But then I... um. Literally killed time. You've made, you've made a lot of pun-based <laughs> That was art. 50 quid. 50 quid? Went to charity from that. For killing time. Yeah. And I sold a portrait, my first self-portrait that I'd done with makeup instead of paint because I use makeup more than I do paint. And that there was a bidding war of two two bids on that. that, uh, that that's a war. It sold for 150 pounds. 150 pounds. And i tell you who won it. <laughs> My mate Steph, <laughs> she, she bought it, <laughs> which I don't know who the other person was who bid on it, but Steph was like, I don't want Probably anyone Steph's else having trying this. to buy it for Steph. No, although she did buy one of Spencer Jones's pieces as well and didn't realize that the bidding on the site doesn't work the same way as eBay. So when you place a bid, that is your bid. Whereas with eBay, you oh, can say what you're... Oh, it goes up to, yeah, right. Yeah, it'll right, bid right, on behalf right, of right, you right. and you just put a cap. Yep. So I think Spencer's... Normal bidding rules. Yeah. yeah, he had a really nice painting, which looked a lot like Steph, which was why she wanted it. So yeah, all around fun times. Nice. Free booze. Love an art exhibition. <laughs> this first problem is for you, Matt. Ooh. It's, uh, it's from Stuart and it says, is there a way to number a menu where giving the total will result in a correct order? Oh, so is that like if you go to a Chinese restaurant? Yep. Sometimes it'll have like They're numbers numbered. next yeah. to the yeah, and then you say oh, I'll have a three, a seven, and and two tens. Well, instead of doing that, you could just say, "Give me a 30. and then they're like, "Oh, well, that's two tens, a seven, and a three, right?" 
Right. Okay. So you wouldn't be necessarily numbering it in chronological order. It would just be. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So huh. is, is there a way to number a menu Ooh, such like that all you have to do is tell the server the the total of all the num the dishes you want, and that mm -hmm. they can reliably reverse engineer what you were ordering. I'm guessing this mainly comes down to how many items are on the menu. It can. Because yes, you could. If you had two items on your menu. Yes, no, you're right. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could literally yeah, yeah, do yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Done. So Done. yes. All right, next problem. So what would you what would you number the two items on your menu? Well, if, if it was two, yeah. I would just go one, two. What if they want two ones? Oh, bum. Yeah, you're right. Oh, do you do negatives? Yeah. Well, the, yeah, but the, the problem now is, so what I realized very early on, I did exactly what you did, which mm. is the first step. You go, right, what's the simplest case of this problem? Mm. Which is a menu. Well, obviously, you can, have a, you can have a menu with nothing on it, the null menu. You can have a menu with a single item. That's, that's still yeah. easy. And then you, if you, the moment you've got two items, mm. you're going to have ambiguity around if people are allowed to order multiples of the same dish. And if you think this might be for a whole table of people, then there's every chance more than one person wants the same dish. Someone might want two of them. So even if you numbered them like, you know, the first one's number five, and the second one's number seven. Mm. You're like, ah, excellent. But then if you multiply five and seven, you get 35. And so that would be ambiguous. You wouldn't know if they want five rounds yeah. of, of dish number seven or seven rounds of dish number five. So yeah. any two numbers you assign to, to the smallest non-trivial menu, there will be an ambiguous order, which is the multiple of those two oh, numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, and there's no way around that. Well, so ah. when I realized that, I was like, okay, so th th this is just branched. There's on one hand, I'm like, okay, that proves using normal numbers, you mm -hmm. can't do it in a way that's perfectly generalizable mm -hmm. because um, there's going to be an upper limit to how many. If, but if you tell people you can't order more than four of the same dish, then that system would right. work because that would take yeah. out the ambiguity. But I was like, okay, but it means you can't do this in general, but you could probably come up with ways of doing it if you have some reasonable bounds on what people can and cannot order. Mm. It also tells us if you want to do it perfectly in a way that will work for any size restaurant with any size order, normal numbers aren't going to cut it. Mm -hmm. We'll come back to that in a moment. So I was like, okay, okay. Let's just say you, you know how many dishes are on the menu and no one's going to order more than a certain number. Yeah. Then uh, yes, you can do it. The easiest way of doing it is... You have the first item on the menu is menu item number one. Mm -hmm. The second item is menu item number 10. Okay. And then 100. Ah, and then 1,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 10,000, yeah, yeah. right? So then if someone wants two tens and three 100s, yeah. they'll order 320 and you just look at it. Yeah. And the number is just how many of each dish in yeah, the order they are on yeah. the menu. Yeah. That's nice. But the numbers are quite big. And I, it feels like cheating because you're literally just listing how many of each dish you want in order, but it happens to be a number. But you've got to say zeros where you're not ordering any of a dish. I mean, for anything that's less efficient than just saying, give me a number 10 and a number 1,000. What, what do you mean zeros? So if you, like, let's say the menu's got like 20 items on it. Mm -hmm. To order, you're going to need a 20-digit number for your order. You're going to oh, be yeah, like, you're oh, yeah, because you're going up by a digit each So time. our total order is, you know, 17 trillion 
405 million, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got this massive long number instead of just saying this one, this one, and this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's inefficient. I was like, okay, could I make it more efficient? And so I think I found a way to, to make it more efficient. All right. And it depends on if people can order multiples of the same item. Right. So let's assume we've got, we've got a restaurant where you go in by yourself, mm -hmm. you can order a couple of different dishes, but you're not allowed to order multiples. In fact, mm -hmm. I've got a arbitrary menu I'm going to give you. Okay. You're going to put an order together mm -hmm. and I'm going to see if I can decode your order. Okay. Right, oh, this is exciting. I typed up just to kind of see how it works, you know. So here. <laughs> You've here, done a proper menu. When menu. did you do this? I just, I just, you look, just look, got back from Australia. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I typed it up very fast this morning. <laughs> it's All right, I'm going to read don't this. Don't read the copy. It's You've put clip art on I there put clip as well. It looks like a terrible... I try to make it look like a diner kind of menu. You've done a proper... Is this because we? I keep saying we're going to put pictures of your stuff on the, the socials and then no. you end up with these terribly <laughs> drawn diagrams? We've got some lovely scripted font which says arbitrary menu. Thank you. You're at the arbitrary restaurant. Yes, love it. I mean, you've got a picture of a, a banana on here. Oh, no the, banana on the oh, menu. No, none of the pictures match any great, of the items great, on the great, menu. Good. <laughs> oh, and you've written descriptions for the meals sort as well. Of. <laughs> well. It didn't look like a menu when it was just a list. So I jet lagged. I generated some pointless copy, which can be largely ignored. I, well, I, I don't think any anything you generate is pointless, Matt. So, <laughs> okay, I did amuse myself while I was writing it. <laughs> I think what we should do, uh, we'll, um, we'll pop pictures of these on uh, Instagram and Twitter at A Problem Squared if you'd yeah. like to see the copy lower, that Matt has Lower your expectations. For uh, his menu. Typos and all. If any of these that I read out, you think, mm, I wonder what that is. A Problem Squared on Instagram or Twitter. So uh, here I've got uh, number one item. Yep. Is soup of the soup? Soup of the soup. <laughs> Number three is um, now. Do you say bruschetta or a bruschetta? I'll say bruschetta. Bruschetta. There's different camps. I find some people say yeah. bruschetta. Some people say bruschetta. So a bruschetta etta. Yep. Number nine, a boiled egg. <laughs> um, number twenty-seven is a pie. And uh, yeah, and you spelt it pie, p-i-e. You haven't Thank even you. gone for Thank the. Thank you. I'm impressed. And 81, which is the final fifth item on the menu, which is griddled vegetable and meta tart. But this one is meta. <laughs> the tart is made completely out of vegetables grown in compost made from pure tart. <laughs> Very good. So thank you. So it's a menu. Yeah. Do you notice what the numbers are? Uh, are they prime numbers? Uh, no, they're powers of three. Oh, or, yes. Or like it's 1327. Yeah. 139. Uh, 139, sorry. 2781. Yeah, so, so that means so actually I've got I've got an identical copy of the same menu mm -hmm. here with a different numbering system. Oh, this is if it was done, the copy is the same. Uh, this is to the to the first one. They're multiples of two: one, two, four, eight, sixteen, mm -hmm. thirty-two, and but which works if you can only order a single item of each one. Yeah, and then the one that's multiples of three works. If you order up to two of each one. Okay. So actually, do you want to give me an order? Do you want let's do the twos first? All right. So this do is you want from to add the together power the, of yeah, two menu. You add together the dishes you want. Do you want, okay. do you want a biro? Or are you gonna No, I can I, I can ah, do this one. Yep. All right. Can I please have a uh and I can only order one of each item on this? One, one. of each item. Yeah, all right, cool. You don't have to order all of them. Cool. Uh, may I please have a 
22. Oh, you want a 22? Mm. So you've ordered the gr- the grilled vegetable meta tart. Yep. Which I actually copied Griddled, that. Griddled, actually. Griddled. <laughs> I found it's meant to be a feta tart. I just copy and pasted <laughs> and changed feta to meta. <laughs> uh, you've also gone for a number four, which is going to be... Uh, what was four? Was that the pig? It's the pig. Yes, the pig. It's, <laughs> it's the, the pig. <laughs> it's the pie, isn't? It? No, it's, it's a boiled egg. The boiled egg yep. and the number two, which yes. was the bruschetta. Yeah. Yeah. So because I've spent too much of my life converting to and from binary, mm. when you give me the number, so when you gave me twenty-two, I'm like in binary. That's zero one one zero. And that tells me which items on the menu you've ordered where there's a one going from the bottom huh. of the menu back up again. Oh, so going up. Sorry, going up the menu. Yeah, one zero one one, one zero. zero. Yeah. Ah, huh. Yeah. So I, annoyingly, I have to do it from the bottom of the menu back up again just because the way I do binary in my head. But <laughs> you, I could flip that if I practiced. Yeah. I mean, you offered me a piece of paper to make the order. <laughs> But I've got a pen if I need to... Re- Tell you what, do you want to give me an order from this one? This is the Power 3 menu? Yeah, this is the Power 3 menu. Okay, and I can order up to two. Up to two of any dish. Okay, all right. So this is, you, you know, it does take a lot longer for people to order. Mm-hmm. All right, I am going to order... Ooh, I think I'll have a... Mm, 32. Oh, a 32. Mm. Interesting order. Let me see if I can do this in my head. Mm-hmm. You've ordered a uh, one of item number three. Wait, four. Item number four. Yep, that's the pie. You've ordered the pie. And you've then ordered... So that's that's leaves me five left over. So that's going to be a three and two units. So that's going to be, yeah, item number three. Mm-hmm. And two of the whatever the, the... The soup of the soup. Yeah, yeah. Super the super the super, super the super the soup. The super. <laughs> That's correct. Hey, I'm very all right, impressed. all right. Cool. Okay, so this is bi- this is binary and ternary, base two and base three. Okay. You work out the maximum number of dishes people might order. So in base ten, people can have up to nine of a dish before if you order ten of a dish, it'll be ambiguous because that's gonna roll over gotcha. into the next column. So you work out the maximum number of dishes anyone human might order. Or table or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you do a numbering system in the base, which is a base bigger than the maximum number of dishes you might have on a single order. So if I was going to do the next menu, I'd do powers of four. Yeah. And you could order up to three. Correct. Huh. And then you can reverse um, how it's done. Ah. Yeah. That's very clever. So it works. Cool. I I find that very pleasing. Yeah. There are limits. The menu can be as big as you want. Mm -hmm. So you can, there's always the next power. So you can have arbitrarily large menus, mm-hmm. but you cannot have arbitrarily large orders. And yes. so I was a little bit annoyed that I couldn't do that. And I've yeah. not found a solution for how to do it so the order can be as big as you want and the menu can be as big as you want. Mm. As we know, it's not going to be normal numbers. I tried complex numbers. Now explain what that is to so, me. <laughs> so, so you've got regular old counting numbers. Yep. But in mathematics, there are so many other types of exotic things, objects that aren't numbers, let's say. So I did complex numbers, which are where you've got a real component and an imaginary component. It's basically like having coordinates. So super the soup would be like two plus three I. 
So okay. it'll be a normal part and imaginary part. So like algebra. Like algebra. Okay. And then, you know, the bruschetta eta would be like 7 minus 4i or something, right? And so each right. one would have a two-part complex number attached to it. Uh-huh. And then you can add them all up and then you can reverse it. I couldn't find a base a basis like a set of complex numbers that that would work for i think there's always going to be an ambiguity what i love about that though is that the blackboard that the menu be written on would look like look like one of those like yeah is it goodwill hunting yeah is that the one yeah where they come in and they solve the problem on the board yeah Yeah. i feel like that's what you're someone will come in and solve the menu yeah that's right (laughs) there are other more exotic math objects so if anyone listening fancies a challenge I suspect there must be some system in maths where adding the items is reversible. The, the other way we could get around it, the, the problem said if you, you need to add together all the things you're going to order, if you multiplied them, that can be solved because ah. you would give each item a different prime number. And if you multiply together a bunch of primes, you can perfectly reverse that answer even if there's multiples of the same prime, that's perfectly reversible to go back. Prime number decomposition ah. is a fundamental part of maths. It's unambiguous, works every time. So if you gave prime numbers to every item on the menu and to order, you have to multiply together all the items you want. Yeah. That would work perfectly. Huh. But, I, but you get very big answers. Yes. And multiplying is a lot harder to do in a restaurant than addition. In yeah. My, in my humble experience. Yeah, that's why, oh man, I remember back in the day when <laughs> the receipt for your meal was like handwritten. You're adding up, easy. Yeah. Multiplying, not so much. There may be, I mean, I don't know. My, my intuition, I can't even say if I think it's likely or not. If there's, because doing part, the thing called partitioning, where you split something apart into a sum, is notoriously complicated mm-hmm. with normal numbers. But there may be some exotic system in maths where summation is reversible if you pick the right basis for how you're doing it but i couldn't find any but that's maybe more the limit of my knowledge than um i have a question yeah before you said there are many different types of complex objects or there are more complex objects yeah yeah why why do you say object that's like a general catch-all for things yeah Okay. Because it could be numbers, it could be like groups, it could be shapes, it could be vectors, it could be matrices. Ah. There's all these things. And I think everything one I listed, I suspect, doesn't work. If there is an answer to this, it could be some obscure, like, like literally two people have done a research on this obscure offshoot of some yeah. weird branch. And they're like, oh, interestingly... Decomposition of addition is perfectly defined or something like that. You know who I think could probably help with this? A better mathematician. I was going to say Emma. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, can, yeah. I bet she's got the Google computing Cloud power. time on it. Yeah. yeah. That would be a practical use of the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? That would that'd be quite the pop-up though, wouldn't it? Yeah. That cafe. Yeah. If I run a cafe, I'm going to have punch cards where 
you you punch in your order and binary next to each item on Would the Would you menu. have a little computer that yeah, you stick yeah, that it you into? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, totally, yeah. Yeah, like the reverse of a, like a, well, like a time punch card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd, you'd clock in your, oh, your order. Oh, I'd love that. Ooh, that um, and also work the same as a loyalty card as well, I guess. There you go. At the same time, you only need so one if anyone, thing. What would your cafe be called? Oh, were you, oh, well. We've uh, talked about our We pub. have talked about this before, yeah. I, yeah. So I don't know if I said this on the podcast. If I do a pub, I want to call it the Rose and Column. Yes. But like the roses in, rose in a spreadsheet. Yeah. And column, like, here you go. We all know yeah. what's happening here. Yeah. Anyway, if anyone can come up with something that you can add and reverse, let me know and I'll implement it at the rose and column. Well, I think that's wonderful. <laughs> and I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a half ding. I'll accept a half but ding. But because with, with this episode, we're doing uh, law and order. Oh, yeah, just, a, just one <laughs> dung. Single dung. <laughs> Thanks. We have a problem in via the problem posing page at aproblemsquared.com from Rowan, who says, when there is somebody behind you when you open the door, a specific door. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Yeah. <laughs> Rowan doesn't specify what the door is, but they then want to know what is the polite distance to wait for someone and what is the creepy distance to wait <laughs> for someone. So, Beck, I mean, we've all had this problem. Yeah. And you're going to you're gonna solve it once and for all. I'm going to solve it once and for all. Good. Uh, well, I mean, the, the thing is I've about had this, this problem. and you've already come across this, this problem involves variables. Ah, Big fan. Which, what door is it? That's true. They just say the door. Yeah. So let I guess let's start with that because first of all, it depends where you're located in regards to the door. Because if you're going into a building. Gotcha. Then how are you to know if someone behind you is going to follow you into the building or just walk past? Oh, so if you hold the door open and then they just saunter straight by. Yeah. That's awkward. Yeah. So already I think it's... Problem. Yeah. I think it's pretty, you've got to be sure that the person is going to go into the building. I think if you uh, go into a building, even if someone is sort of just around that corner, you know, like they're just, if it's not clear that that person is going to follow you in, they can't, they're not going to be annoyed that you didn't hold the door open for so them. So if there's any ambiguity in where the person's going, just let the door close. It probably depends on their approach factor. Yes. Because yeah. if they're walking dead towards the door, oh, that's, oh, that's one thing. Totally. You can, yeah. But if they're coming orthogonal to the yeah. direction of the door opening, yeah. Right. And they might just be coming in for a glancing blow and carry on. Yeah. Which I've had so many yeah. times as well. I think the polite thing to do is you do the little quick rear check, as if you're checking your rear view mirror. Like you just do a quick little oh, peripherals. Little, okay. Right. Yeah. Little peripheries check. And then if it looks like they're coming towards you, you might pause for a second. But if they're not, if they seem to be just going on course, then you just go on straight in. Normally what will happen, I think, though, is if you're the other person and you know that someone's going to a building, you'll do the little skip. The, the skip is the universal sign of... I'm going to go I'm through coming, the door as well. And I, and I appreciate... But this is the awkwardness, right? Because if you hold the door open, mm. you're forcing the other person to do the skip. Well, that's why I say it. That's why I think if you're going into a building, you don't open the door. Right. Yeah. Like for someone, unless it's very clear that they're coming in behind you. What you could do is get to the door, realize the person's approaching, but it's ambiguous. Just tie your shoe or something. Buy, yeah. Buy some time. Mm -hmm. Find out what they're going to do. Yeah. Act decisively. But you've got to tie your shoe like, well, 
either holding it open or you've gone, if, depending on if it's a push-pull. Just shy of the door. You let the other person overtake yeah. you. Now it's their problem. Oh, right. You're going to let them reach the door yeah, before you. Yeah, they get to the door first. Oh, I think you're going to be tying your shoelings for a very long time on a busy street. <laughs> <laughs> you never actually make it into point, the building. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> that is the thing as well, is it is very much about uh, who gets to the door first, isn't it, yeah. as to who has this problem. So I think that's in terms of if you're going into a building. Yep. Or I guess anywhere where they, if you're in a, any in a like a place with a hallway or something and there's lots of people going up and down the hallway, same rule applies, I think. If you're coming out of a room or building where there's going to be more of a chance of other people also yep. wanting to leave, I think it's, um, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's about like two lengths of that person if they were lying down. Two lengths of that person. Okay. That's yeah. reasonably close. That's like in the, you know. It's not though, when you think about it. Four meter range. Yeah. Yeah, that's still, but anything further than that. Okay. Oh, no, actually, I think you're right. Most I'm now, I'm now just imagining that. four meters away from me. It's quite, yeah. a, it's quite a distance. I think anything more than that and it then puts pressure on the other person to hurry up, which is arguably more rude. Why is it dependent on the person's height? Because it's the same amount of steps. So children have to be a lot closer. Yeah. Oh, the number of steps. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, step by. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if they can get there in four strides. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, yeah. No, I th do I, do I stand by that? Sure. I stand by that. Why not? I mean, then you could argue that if someone, problem with my own reasoning just then is if someone is, is uh, shorter, then they might have more trouble. If it's a child, uh, they might not have the, the strength yeah. to open the door on themselves. But then, but should then you, do you want to be letting someone else's kid out of a building? Yeah. <laughs> so this comes to my next point, which yeah. is the variable of a person and their ability to open the door themselves. Gotcha. Because if they're holding loads of stuff, ah, that would lengthen out the. That lengths yeah. it, yeah. So in the, if gotcha. they're holding loads of stuff, I think that then comes down to eye contact. Right. If you see anyone's holding stuff, even if they're super far away, if they're coming eye towards contact. the door, you make eye contact. Yeah. Because what will happen is they will either go the, oh, like the, Thanks. yeah. Oh, they'll Because if I'm of, carrying that stuff, yeah. I'll be looking ahead to yeah. lock eyes. And they might be like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, you know, and then it's just... Yeah, you know, then, you're, then you're away. Yeah, I think any awkwardness from that is still preferred to the to the difficulties of that person having to deal, having with, to deal yeah. with the door and all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, likewise, if anyone for any ability reasons can't, can't open, open the, the door, door, can't reach it, yeah. or they're, you know. So it's, it's a case-by-case -case eye contact situation. Yeah, Got I think it. so. Can I add one complication that I struggle with? Sure. If it's a door... Mm that's got like a security pass or something. So this was going to be my next one, which is a variable of what type of door Yes. Is. Yeah. Because when I was out in Australia, I was staying mm. in a place where you had like a security thing on the door. Mm. But then, but lots of people stayed there, like an apartment building thing, right? So then, yeah. then when you let people in? If, I think if oof. it's a security one, you don't open, you don't hold the door open for anyone unless it is clear that they also belong in that building yeah. and they're super close to you. Be, I, I think it might half the distance. I would go less than. Really? Yeah, because then anyone could just hang around and be like, "Oh yeah, I was." People tailgating. It's it's you know it's a classic way to. Yeah. Because uh, I think even if that person is half distance, but you don't recognize them, 
You get in, you pull the door. You close. can shut the door. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. That's yeah. I've have you been in that situation where you're at, you've got a meeting or something, and then I've been at a couple where I've been invited like to a building for a meeting, yep. and then someone will use their pass to go in, and you have that uh, that weird thing where they're like. They sort of go like, should I offer yeah, you? And yeah, I'm like, no, yeah. it's all right. They'll buzz me in. Like, oh, you, oh, you there's just, been a few where I've outside. been like, it's okay. Someone, yeah. No, no, I take a giddy thrill on infiltrating the building. I did do that once recently. I had an appointment and uh, and it was a woman who was also had her appointment at the same time. And we were both not sure what, turned out that we were both on the same floor, but we both couldn't, the sign didn't have the names of the things that we're after. And, uh, and so we buzzed. Uh, and and the receptionist for her appointment let both of us in. And then I realized that I was half an hour early and I had to go back out again. <laughs> That's awkward. The thing is, I'm a big fan of like physical security and all the various exploits and things around all this. Mm. So I feel like I've got an extra eye on the secure option. But my goodness, it's ingrained the politeness. Like if someone's right there, it's a tough social move to close a door. Yeah. Even though it is objectively the right thing to do in a security situation yeah it can't it comes down to social uh cues doesn't yeah. it yeah i mean if anything we're teaching people that if you want to infiltrate a security thing if, as long as you look sure enough that you belong oh, yeah. in that place oh you'll roll right in you're confident enough yeah. that someone should open the door for you do you know what if you want to sneak into a high security place Carry loads of stuff. There you are. Lots of shopping or something. And be really close and, by. And then lots of eye contact. And be like, oh, thank you, thank you. As you as you walk up to them as they go in. <laughs> or like pretend you're going for your pass and you can't reach it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah it's here somewhere. Hand. And they're like, yeah. oh, come on in. So that's the security doors. Elevator doors. That's, oh. Yeah. So that one, I've decided, that one comes down to, I think as soon as anyone looks like they want to come into the elevator, if you're the only person in the elevator... You hold the doors That's open. That's what I was thinking. As soon as there are more people in the elevator than there are outside the elevator, then it comes down to distance versus capacity. That's a big call on behalf of everyone in the lift. Yeah. To decide we're all going to wait. Yeah. If it's a full lift, nah. You don't, hold, you don't have to hold the door open for anyone. Is not the best option to be pretending to push the door open button, but you're not. And you're miming, you're like, I don't know, I'm trying to, oh, and as the doors close, you're like, sorry, right? And then they close and you're like, job done. I think then it does just look like you're pressing doors close. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, good point, good point. <laughs> and then just shrugging yeah, like, yeah. ooh. It sucks to be Not- you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think with the lift doors, you don't have to, technically you don't have to wait. I think people are fine with it if there's other people in the lift. Yeah. If there's a few people in the lift and you're like, again, about, you know, your height. Yeah. There's, I've definitely been in a situation. I think Heathrow Airport, mm. this happens. There's like, you got to get a lift up to the car park mm-hmm. and people come out spaced and the lifts yeah. are huge. Yes. You can be there for a long time because there's yeah. always one more jerk with a suitcase yep. rolling. And there's a long eye, like line of sight. And yeah. You're there, you're there forever before. It fills up or yeah. people start walking over. Yeah. In those situations, I think if you're coming out of the airport, yeah. um, you can take your time. Yeah, what are you going to do? If you're going into the airport. You can't miss your flight. In, in is a different you're story. You're pressing the yeah. close button. You're closing <laughs> the doors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so that's those doors revolving doors well i i don't think you need to do anything yeah yeah i say it's out of your hands nice and easy automatic doors same thing same deal yeah in fact because rowan said what is a creepy distance i think the the creepiest distance is if you just stand by rotating doors or an automatic door and wait for someone to join you. Yeah, p- pretending yeah. that you're doing it for them. <laughs> I like how comprehensive you've been. Like, what about a, a moat? You know, the drawbridge is down. Well, I mean, a moat is not a door. <laughs> There's a body it's of a, water. No, but you got like the drawbridge on the, the drawbridge. moat. The drawbridge. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how long do you wait to keep the drawbridge down? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the drawbridge is basically old, a, old, school old school security, security door. So that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. close it every time. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. So if you walk up to, if you want to, if you want to uh, storm a castle, yeah, carry, you, carry you loads can't of shopping. Tailgating. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of shopping. <laughs> Wait for someone to go in. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you, yeah. thanks. Uh, International Space Station airlock. How does the airlock work? Actually, I think it just opens up a tube, and you can all come through one at a time. Yeah. But you know, if you got to wait, you're, you're in microgravity. It'd be fun. Yeah, just you don't mind. Float waiting. around. You don't mind. I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty rude if you don't let everyone in, and then <laughs> no, it, it is. they it have is. to yeah. just it, it stay in the module. An international incident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With creepy distance. Yeah. I so this then comes down to the next variable, which is what sort of person are you? All oh, right. Because if you're a creepy person, if you're standing there with uh, with like your fly undone and, <laughs> right. and a t-shirt that says female body inspector yep. and, uh, and, and you know, a sticky hand. What you're saying <laughs> is if you're a creepy individual, anything you do is creepy. creepy. Yeah. 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 So I, I would just say, do you know what? You're, don't, you don't need to hold any that. doors open. No. If anything, stop being creepy is my advice That's to great you. advice. I don't think anyone can look creepy unless they've been holding a door open for you and you weren't aware of it i think all of these scenarios come down to whether someone is definitely going to go use the door yeah and b if you've both sort of made that eye contact of oh you're holding the door open for me i think if i was to reach a door and find that someone had been holding it for me and i realized that they were there for quite some time exactly there's a point at which you're like the holding the door you're a long way away you're like that's weird. Why? Why do they want to wait until I get to the door? Yeah. Like then, if if there's any possibility of an ulterior motive, yeah. Other than convenience for the other human. If I'm more than two lengths my height. Yeah, and you will measure it out. Yeah, I'm going, and they've waited the <laughs> yeah. whole time. Yeah. I've got my yeah. measuring tape. Exactly, a bit of chalk. Yeah. yeah, I'm not carrying anything. Yeah, that that is creepy. Yeah, yeah, but like. I think that that's just inbuilt, though, isn't it? Like you're yeah. you're not going to look creepy know. unless you you know that you're holding a door open yeah. for someone for the wrong reasons. If you're worried that you look creepy, <laughs> then let the door close. Yeah. 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 Unless like someone needs help. Oh, oh. that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it. I mean, I think it. It's more to do with what, why you're holding a door for someone. If you're holding yeah. it because you're being polite and that is gen and you would do it regardless very, of who, who the person who the other is, human is. Yep. then you know, you know, yeah, you know, but if you're, if, if there is a person that you, are you find attractive, this is not, this is not the situation who is walking towards the door and you find yourself thinking, 
Are they too far away? Yeah. They're, they're the too far away. Yes. They're yeah. too far away. And if the other person lies down and gets some chalk out and starts <laughs> marking out <laughs> how many body lengths away they are. Yeah. They're the creepy one. They're the creepy one. <laughs> Get away. And if you start Hope marking out their door. distance. Yeah. Then that's, yeah. <laughs> Of course, then the key is is that if you're worried about looking creepy, you have to measure everyone. Oh, it doesn't help. So in, in conclusion, <laughs> yeah. society is complicated. Mm. Just try not to be creepy. Yeah. Context. Context. And if you're not sure, twice the height. Twice the height. <laughs> That's my theory. Love it. Or just get automatic doors on everything. Oh, that'd be great. Or be so rich that you have a door person. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Oh, do, oh, do you know what? That's what I should have done for this. You should have found someone who's a door person and asked ask them, them how long they wait if it's a hotel person. Because then you don't know the, you don't necessarily uh, know everyone who right lives there. Because if it closes, they're going to be there when the person gets there and they'll open it for them. Would they ever just stand there holding it open? That's no, what I would do. No. If I was a door person, I'd just do that thing where you put your foot you in front of it. You just wedge a door stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm up for break. Yeah, put a little hat on it. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. There's the other oh, answer. Just yeah. get a door stop. Yeah. Every door you go through. Wedge it open. Wedge it open. Problem solved. Ventilation. There you go. If you want so many other business, let me hear you say A-O-B. <laughs> I was torn between joining in and just watching how that was <laughs> going to pan out. <laughs> you chose correctly. Excellent. It's any other business. Hey. Blue Dot Festival is happening yes. in July, uh, the 21st of July until the 24th. That's Thursday till Sunday. And we're doing our first ever live recording, well, as in recording in front of a live audience, yeah. of A Problem Squared. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to Blue Dot. Great festival. Yeah. Also uh, curious to see how we're going to go doing this live on stage. Yeah. I, I'm considering how long we take to record an episode. Oh, it's not swift. Oh, we love chatting. I don't think we're going to get a whole episode done on stage because we've only got like an hour. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We might have to supplement it with uh, backstage goodness. <laughs> I think we might need to. <laughs> well, you'll find out at some point when we put out that episode. Yep. But in the meantime, if you are attending Blue Dot or, or even if you're not, we, but particularly if you are. If you are, we're going to answer a, a listener yep. problem on stage. So if uh, if you have a problem for us that you would like us to tackle in front of a live audience, then please add it to the problem posing page. That's aproblemsquared.com. And in the subject line. It's in the text box. Yeah, just put blue dot. dot. Put yeah. blue dot so we can keep an eye we're out We're just going to search. We'll yeah. search with and without the space between blue and dot. Yeah, yeah, we'll do either. Or, or you, if you're not sure, do both. Do both. Check them both in. Yeah. That'll be really helpful. Uh, and, uh, you know, if time's of the essence, you are also welcome to send it to us on uh, Twitter oh at yep. a problem squared. So, yeah, if, you, if you've if you got a, a problem that you would like us to solve in front of the live audience, send it to us. And we might we might just answer it while nice. you're there. We might answer one problem and run out of time. Oh, I didn't say we're going to do <laughs> all of them. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, also, we've had a bunch of people writing in. And tweeting in about what it would feel like to fall through the earth from the previous episode, 035. Oh, yeah. And on Twitter, Merck at M-U-R-K-E-E says our physicist here. Oh, yeah. 
Ah, physicists. I've got enough physicists in my life, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, they say it would be free fall all the way. So it'll be like being weightless in orbit because you're in free fall. Ah. I was, because when you slow down on the far side, is that still free fall? I think it might be. Because so, everything's free fallen, even though it's slowing free down. Fallen. <laughs> exactly. It plays the whole way through the earth. Right. So you're walking along. Yep. You fall down the hole. Yep. You just feel like you're weightless from yep. the get-go yep. in the same way that skydivers, I imagine, feel. Yeah. Ignoring wind resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you don't have wind resistance or anything. Because everything's falling at the same rate. Yeah. So you feel... And everything's slowing down at the same rate. So it would be weightlessness the whole way through. Right through the middle. To the end. And then, but, but then when you get to the other side, do you just step out? Like, yeah. do you just look like David Bowie in at the end exactly of Labyrinth? Exactly like he comes that. You just whoop step? and yeah. step and done. <laughs> How you Ta-da. turn the world real precious. Singing thing. is optional. Yeah, you got crystal balls. Uh, they also <laughs> flag up. And I will say, I did love the fact when we were reading this before, yeah. you, you read out RHO like it was an initialism. Am I supposed to pronounce it? Well, what they've done, because they're a physicist, uh-huh. I think they mentioned it, they wanted to say density. Uh-huh. And they went, oh, density is represented by the Greek letter rho. And so instead of using the word density, they couldn't be bothered pasting in the Greek letter rho. They wrote out the Greek letter rho, R-H-O, instead of writing the word density. Oh, that's super nerdy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Super take nerdy and lazy? Physicists, take a good hard look at yourself, honestly. <laughs> so anyway, they've assumed, that I have assumed, they've pointed out, I've assumed that the Earth is the same density the whole way through, which is not true. Yeah. The density changes. Also, this has just t- entirely changed the nursery rhyme, row, row, row your boat for me. It does, there you go. It's just dense, density. dense. Yeah. <laughs> that would be um, Reynolds' number in that situation, I suspect. Um uh, I'm niche sure, joke. Dude, real, that's, some that's people gonna, are laughing real hard right now. Someone's going to tweet that. They'll that's, be like, this is why I love that, this podcast. I joke. just go silent for a bit because I don't get it. Love the podcast because the jokes are scale invariant. Now, um, <laughs> so I did look at trying to work out the density, different densities in the earth. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't be bothered. It was too complicated. And, you know, geologists. And I didn't. So I, you're right. I assumed equal density the whole way through. I did not factor in changing density. And for um, someone else who wrote in, they're talking about the fact that as you go down, there'd be a gradient of gravity across your body. That's true, but I don't think it'd be noticeable. Like if you're falling into a black hole, I think you could care about the fact that there's the gravity on your feet, which are closer, is different to the gravity on your head because of how the amount of mass in a black hole. That's I think that's the whole spaghettification thing is that. Right. So they're saying like the the it would be stronger when you step in, your feet might get pulled yeah, which down is more quickly true. than like your when head. You stand on the earth, there's more gravity on yeah, your feet Yeah, but we've got earth head. between us and the centre. Yeah, uh, but I think by the time you get to the centre, there's so little mass, mm. I don't think it would be noticeable. So, meh. If you're, if you're uh, free-falling through a hole, can you still hit your head? Yes. So you'd be like floating, but you can still... What, like... As in hit your head as in like the side of the wall or like... no. <laughs> Yeah, like stop hitting yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. like no, I mean like yeah, hitting yourself head on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can. 
because yeah. it's just a hole. Yeah. I think the problem is, is when I think of floating, like you're feeling weightless, but you're not physically floating. No. And that's where my brain keeps getting stuck. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, oh, you become a fairy. No, no. it's like you've just fallen down you're a very a long well. <laughs> Going down a well, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you can definitely still hurt yourself. You want, a, yeah. you want it to be a pretty wide hole then. You do. So if, if, you, if you step off with any angular momentum mm. and you start tumbling, yeah. the sides are far enough away, you're not going to tumble into them. Yes. Because if you if your face hits the side, that friction would mess up my calculations. <laughs> yes. So I <laughs> and my face prefer we can ignore that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, yeah. that's the thing because, like, if you fall off of something, mm -hmm. you would keep going at that angle, wouldn't yeah. you? You'd want to get a real jump up and down. Yeah, you want to be like a diver. You want to be but suspended then, above the it's hole. It's a long length. Let go. The Earth. Yeah, it's a long old way. That's the mass, isn't it? How wide does the hole have to be that you could make it through the other side without hitting the sides? Yeah. I think in all of these scenarios, you'd hit yourself on the way down. I think, Get yeah. Get skinned. Yeah. Oh. It's a massive, what if the hole was like a kilometre across and you're dropped in right in the middle? Yeah, well, so, but you're saying if you're dropped in. Yeah. Oh, you think if you did a thinking, run, run and jump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would mess up the, because uh, you'd move along. Oh, I was about to say ellipse, but now I'm, I'm uncertain. Uh, if anyone else uh, has any thoughts on this, keep yeah. them to yourself. Okay. We're not, <laughs> I we're also just need again. to say, when you fall in a bottomless pit, you die of starvation. That's my niche joke. There's going to be about three flash animation nerds out there. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I remember Homestar Runner. Oh, it's a Homestar Runner? It's, it's Teen Girl Squad. Oh, my goodness. The nerdy <laughs> one. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, close enough. Close enough. Nuts. And we did hear from someone who was actually responding to something that came up in our bonus podcast, I'm a Wizard. Patreon-only content. Yes, Patreon-only content. Because uh, they pay for it. Yes, where Matt and I just play a game called I'm, I'm a, a Wizard, wizard. and pretend yeah. we're wizards. And pretend. The, the question came <laughs> up about whether Australia was the only country where there were different states or areas... Yeah, some states don't do daylight savings. And some do. And then whether there was any half hour time zones, because obviously I'm from Adelaide and there's a 30 minute difference. And for the record, I'm from Perth and WA doesn't have daylight savings, but other states do. It's a, it's a nightmare. And Marcel uh, wrote in to us on the problem posing page just to basically say that Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada is also. Canada has one. the same problem. Yeah. So thank you for that, Marcel. Excellent. There's probably more out there. Canadians. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and speaking of Patreons, we like to thank three of them picked entirely randomly each episode, which this time includes... Ruben Shakaturian. Brett Schofield. And Martin Levart. I, very, Levart? I, I looked at the names and went... I'm going to let Beck go first on this one. <laughs> but thank you to all of those people and everyone else who supports us on patreon.com slash a problem squared. And also thanks to Lauren Armstrong Carter, our producer, myself, Beck Hill, and Matt Parker for bringing you this podcast. One last thing back. Oh, oh, you've got 
I, I've just seen you've got two, I got two. cards with a post-it wrapped I've around I've amalgamated them. all the information across the various decks that I've been doing this with. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just curious to know, <gasps> is this your card? Yeah! Yeah, no way! Oh, there it is. Four of spades. We should have recorded this Zoom. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's what I've got. Party in a bag. Oh! <laughs> Matt's brought party bag twisties. Wow, there you go. Oh, that oh that's the end of an era. Well, you know what? We should uh, um, put that in an art exhibition for £5,000. We should. I tell you what, I will both sign the card. Oh, yeah. And we'll put it on eBay for Waterade. Starting oh, price, £5,000. I actually have a video from the original Chris Knight. Oh, yes. Where I told him what the correct card is, because I was very tempted to get him getting the card before you. Oh my goodness! So seeing that, as he filmed it funny. all the way out in Australia, I will uh, pop that. We'll put that online. I'll put that on socials and tag him. Brilliant.